James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of our timeout series of the Bucket and Beard podcast. My name's Foss, and joining me as always is George. Good to be here again, Foss. Showroom's looking lovely at the moment. We've had a new addition to the family, and uh, another one coming soon too. And we're going to be starting to put those uh, unveilings up on the Instagram. So if you haven't started following us, follow us at, at Buckets and Beards. But what we're going to be talking about today is we're going all the way back to the decade when we were both born, if you can start to guess our ages, back in the 80s. We are definitely children of the 80s. And this is going to be uh, a series that we're going to do over the next uh, month or two, is we're just going to go through decades and we're going to start looking at all-star fives. So the, the five best players from that decade in each position. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really interesting topic to look at and uh, see where we agree, where we disagree. And yeah, and so things that we're going to be looking at, obviously, championships. How many championships they won? Awards. So what sort of awards? Um, All NBA teams, all-star selections, and any notable statistics that might come up um, for those players as well. And the way it's going to work, one of us is going to suggest a player. And then the other one's going to have a rebuttal where they suggest another player that might be better or whatever. And then we're going to come to consensus on the best player for that position. So obviously, we're going, to, we're going to start at the ball handler, the one that has the ball in their hands the most, at point guard. So, George, you're going to start us off. So who do you have in as your all-star starting point guard? All right. I don't think there's going to be a huge debate around this one but I'm interested to see your opinion, Foss. I've got Magic. Magic Johnson played all 10 seasons through the 80s. He was a three-time finals MVP, a two-time league MVP, seven-time All-NBA player, nine-time All-Star, and a five-time NBA champion in that era. Look, that's a good roster. It's a great resume. Like, what what else could he have done? Yeah, Um, and he's one of those players that you think about when you think about basketball in the 80s. Look, I think he's probably one of those players you think about um, of all time, but absolutely in the 80s, that was his heyday. Like the NBA wouldn't be what it is today without him and another player we're probably going to touch on later on. I dare say that's going to come, but we talked a couple of weeks ago, I think in the main pod, about Tyrese Halliburton and how he always had a smile on his face. Magic was the same. Just like, loved playing basketball. He, that smile was infectious. You could see how much he loved it. But his record speaks for itself. Uh, the only... So my rebuttal. My rebuttal for, for this point. Um, this is what is, I'm interested in. I want to hear. The only player I could really think of that comes to mind where a lot of people say Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Tom, Thomas. Mm-hmm. But his resume in the 80s, I don't think was that great. Look, I've got it in front of me. I can give you the Go. quick rundown. Look, he played nine seasons, three-time All-NBA first team, eight-time All-Star, and he won one ring. But the ring was, yeah, 89. Yep. Where my player is the microwave, Dennis Johnson. Look, go. Just all go. Right. So he played for Phoenix and Boston throughout the 80s, played all 10 seasons, um, five-time All-Star, two-time championship. 
He was five-time first-team all-defensive, three-time second-team all-defensive, um, and won all-NBA first-team and won all-NBA second-team. Look, I'm not going to lie. You stole my thunder because I had him down as a, as a, a shooting guard. Had him down as a shooting yeah. guard? Yeah. No, no, he's a point guard. But he, he was incredible. Like, he, he absolutely deserves to he be in this conversation. He was more on the defensive side of it. 100%, 100%. But he but deserves to be in this conversation. He does deserve to be in this conversation because two chips, yeah. playing for Boston, five-time All-Star, but... That defensive record, that that's tough to beat. And, yeah, and he's... I don't think Boston would have had those championships without him in them. No, I com- completely agree with you. So, yes, absolutely. Like, I think he, he's listed as a guard, so I made the argument that I wanted to put him as a shooting guard because Magic was already there. I think I think he played more shooting guard in Phoenix. Yeah, I think so and too. And then played more point guard yeah. in Boston. I, I think so too, but he was a phenomenal player. He was a phenomenal player, but, but consensus? You, you, no, no, but you said yourself, like you look at the resume of Isaiah Thomas compared to Dennis Johnson in that era, Johnson wins hands down. 100%. It's no argument. But... You look at him versus Magic Johnson. Oh, it's Magic. It has to be Magic. Has to be. And I feel like that is a consensus between two of us. Absolutely. You look I, at look at Magic Johnson's resume throughout the eighties. Nobody else compares. No, I'm like I said, I'm not going to argue with you, Magic. Absolutely. All right. So my next one is the shooting guard. And this this one was tricky. This one is a little tricky. And my player that I have down here is the Iceman, George Gervin. Yeah, right. Playing for the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, he had six All-Star appearances in the 80s. He did. He had one All-Star game MVP. Yep. Three times NBA first team and one All-NBA second team. Mm-hmm. Led the league in scoring two times in the 80s. He did. And he had a 26-point average per season throughout the 80s. Yeah. He, he has the resume to go with it. For sure. Like the only thing he's really missing there is that championship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, he's certainly one of the best scoring players of the 80s. Yep. No question. But as you said, just couldn't get over that hump and, and get a ring. Yeah. So what's your rebuttal? Look, I know we talked about this when, when we're planning this one, but the only other person that comes close is Michael Jordan. And I had the same realization when I was doing my research for this. But So I'll give you the stats, right? But there's a big argument that I make in my own head as to why not to pick Jordan for this. Okay, so he only played five seasons. He did. That's the biggest part for me. He was a five-time All-Star. He He was was Rookie of the Year. He won an MVP. He won a Defensive Player of the Year. And he was a scoring champion three times in that five-year period. And for those five years, he averaged 31.1 points Which is per ridiculous. Season. But he was such... He was so much better in the 90s. Oh, yes. He, he hit his stride. Like, as soon as he started failing in the playoffs and they started putting people around him, his mentality changed. Like, he's always been a great player. Yeah. But the Bulls sucked. He they was did. the best player on a sucky team. Absolutely. Like, they were garbage. But... That, that, that's why I, I struggled with this one. And I think that's probably why I kind of leaned to the Janice Johnson argument a little bit more. Okay. Um, the only other player I had down was Clyde Drexler. 
But when I started doing research for him, he didn't do much in the 80s. No, he didn't do enough in the 80s. Again, he was another one of those players that was better in the 90s. He was definitely better in the 90s. And I've got some more players that we're probably going to talk about later, which great all-time like top 75 players, but they didn't hit their stride till the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. They played through the 80s, but they they just didn't do much. Yeah, so what do we think on, on shooting guard? Because like, Look, Jordan's got the resume, but he didn't play... He only played half of the decade. But he's got... Everything that we're looking that we talked about that we're looking at, he doesn't. He, ha- he's he's ticking a lot of boxes. He doesn't have the championships, but he got the defensive player of the year and the MVP. That's, Iceman, that's over George uh, Gervin. Yeah, who the Iceman? He didn't get chips or defense. Like I said, unless we can make the argument that Dennis Johnson was a shooting guard, it's it has to go to Jordan, in my opinion. And I I agree that it's pretty hard to go past Jordan in those five seasons. So we're on What does it for me is the dual defensive player and MVP in the 87, 88 season. Oh, that was huge. Otherwise, if if he didn't have one of them, if he had just an MVP or just the defensive player, I'd probably put the Iceman above him. Yeah. But because, because he has that dual defensive player and MVP... You've got to give it to Jordan. Look, he he really was... It was literally like his third year in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's coming off his broken foot too, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Jordan's in those early years, he, he's what we would these days refer to as a two-way player because he defended the heck out of it. And I know it's not something we've talked about and we're probably going to try and avoid it as much as we can, but that debate about who's the GOAT in, the, in basketball and in the NBA... I always, I, I, you know, I hate that debate. Yeah, I know, and that's why I don't really want to go into it. But I will always make the argument for Jordan based on his defensive resume. Yes, simple as that. And he he was a two play two way player. Yeah. Um, but again, I know the game was very different in the eighties as well. But to put up those sorts of scoring numbers, and and to be able to defend the way that he did, just there was no one else like it. But no, like, as I said, the only other player I could find was George Gervin. Yeah. And I didn't want to start out with MJ. No, I know. Um, I know. But yeah, it's the defensive player and the MVP that do it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You're not going to get an argument out of me there. All right. Small, Small forward. forward. Yeah. Again, I think this is another one that's pretty cut and dry. However, there are some very, very good players at this position. Yep. Larry Bird. Larry the legend. Larry legend. I'll give you his resume because it is ridiculous. 10 seasons played, two-time finals MVP, three times NBA MVP, nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-NBA first team. He won Rookie of the Year over Magic Johnson and he was a three-time champion. Yep. Like that's a... He's got a trophy room just based off of those 10 seasons. And you missed out. He was also two-time All-Defensive second team. There you go. So... He was, he was another one. He was a two-way player. He wasn't an easy beat on defense, no. obviously, to make the second uh, All-NBA defensive team. He he was a hustler, like, you know, from French Lick, Indiana, with this little blonde kid that people are looking at going, what's he going to do? But my goodness, he could play. And I do love the stories of him rocking up to play against the Pistons, and he goes to Isaiah Thomas, who grew up in Indiana as well. Um, and he's just kind of like, oh, who, who, you got, who you got to guard me tonight? And then he lists off a bunch of players and he goes, you can't be guarding me with those players. And then he goes out and drops like 50 or something. 
just so many just like hilarious he'll be out there stories. on one of the greatest trash talkers of all time absolutely but even things like where there's games where he's just like I'm just gonna shoot left-handed tonight. Yeah, that was that was like the, the great one. Who does that? And then it still performs at that level. Like it is just insane. And I know we we talk about this a little bit here and there. Durability of players. Larry Bird towards like the in the in the 90s, towards the end of his career, he was cooked. His body yeah. was cooked. But he still went out there and tried to play every single night. Every single night. And he could hardly move. He couldn't then, train, but no. he still went and played. But then you get players these days that just have an RDO because they Bloody slam their finger in the car door. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, but my rebuttal, my rebuttal for Larry the Legend. I think there's a couple of players, even if you don't mention them now, that absolutely deserve an honorable mention in this position too. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you have a few yeah. more because the only one that I found that I thought might have compared here was Alex English. Alex English was absolutely on my Who list. He played for Denver throughout yep. the 80s. Yep. Dude, but, some of those Denver jerseys in the 80s too were yeah. amazing. Flat out scorer. Yep. Uh, eight-time All-Star throughout the 80s. Yep. Um, so that's one less than Larry. Uh, three times All-NBA second team, which comes down to the fact that he was going up against Larry Bird. Yes. So you're not going to get selected over Larry Bird, unfortunately. No, you're not. Um, and then two times NBA points leader in 83 and 86. Yeah. And look, you, you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about some of the the scoring ability that he had. And, and I know we said we were just going to try and stick to like the big awards, but he averaged 26 points per game, six rebounds per game, and shot 51% from the field during that era as well. Ridiculous. Which, when you compare that to Larry Legend, Larry only, only but 24.5 points per game, he had just under 10 rebounds, six assists, and shot just under 50%. Yeah. Like, it's comparable numbers to Larry Bird, but as you say, when you play in the same position with someone who's as dominant as, as Larry Bird, you, you're going to miss out. Who do you have or have in there else? also? Look, the other, the other honorable mention I had in this position, I mean, I had George Gervin down as perhaps a small forward, but we've already talked about him. But Dr. J... Julius Erving. He only played eight seasons, but he won an MVP. He was an all-star in all of those eight seasons. He was a five-time member of the All-NBA first team, and he won a ring. Yeah. Again, it doesn't compare to Larry Bird, but it's still not a bad resume. Um, and honorable mention to James Worthy. Yeah, yeah, James Worthy deserves a mention. But it, once again, he only played about six years yeah. in the 80s. Um, and you can also chuck in Dominic Wilkins there as well. Nick was definitely up there too, for sure. But with the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakes has been so dominant throughout the eighties, yeah, you can't really compare to the resume. No, no, that no Larry Legend has. No one's going to compare to Larry Legend. So I think we we have a consensus Absolutely. on the small forward there as well that it has to be Larry the Legend. It, it does, and look for me that flows beautifully into the power forward position because the person I've got listed also is a Boston player. I've got Kevin McHale. Now, played 10 seasons, was a five-time All-Star, three-time All-Defensive player, three-time champion, but he was also twice the sixth man of the year. So, you know, he's got the rings, he's got the All-Star nods, all of that sort of stuff, but is there anyone else, in your opinion, that would come close to that? And, yeah, look, looking at his resume, two-time sixth man, five All-Stars, three championships, 
rookie of the year. Uh, sorry, all rookie first team in 81. Three all defensive first teams, three all defensive second teams. He's another one that you don't, don't necessarily look at for offense plays. No. But, um, and he made one all NBA first team yeah. um, in there as well. Like I know the 80s was a pretty scrappy era and yeah, he was he used his body and he'd throw his body weight around and defend Larry and those sorts of things. But he was a very good player in his own right. Yes. And to take that role coming off the bench for him as well, where yeah. he could quite easily have started at other teams. Oh, for sure. For but sure. But it was from an era where players had loyalty to their teams and they didn't want to move too much. Well, that's the thing. Like You very rarely would see or hear about players moving. Um and compared to this time, like this era we're in now where, you know, players that we don't talk about in this podcast have changed four teams in three seasons. And even LeBron, as amazing and, and a phenomenal player that he is, he's played for, what, three franchises? Mm. Yeah, you just didn't, that just didn't happen in the 80s. And the other power forwards that come up for me are Charles Barkley. Yeah, look, the Chuck was certainly but up there, but the Reggie's just not there. He, well, here's another one. Didn't hit his stride until yeah. the 90s, um, where he obviously won like an MVP and stuff. So we're only going with what he did in the 80s. And yeah. He didn't really do much back then. Um, and then Terry Cummings was another one that yeah, I had okay. as well. Um, but his resume just doesn't compete to Mikhail's. No. Um, they're like, and it's, it's not even worth listing. It will take like two seconds to list what he did. Yeah. But he was, he was like, He's a top 75 player, I think, um, and was in like one of the greatest, um, one of those greatest lists of all time sort of thing. But yeah. look, I feel like the power forward position is pretty one-sided towards Kevin McHale. Yeah, look, I, I must admit, it's probably the one that I struggled with the most to find someone to give some competition to McHale. Like yeah. you said, Charles Barkley, he's... He was an amazing player and you know, he's so fun to watch as a commentator now and, and everything that he does. But you're right, he really didn't hit his straps until the 90s. Yeah. So I think as far as the 80s, it's Mikhail. Yeah, it has to be. Who'd you, uh, who did you find in the center position? All right, so I think because everyone gets distracted by the purple and gold. Yes. You're probably thinking me to talk about Kareem. Look, he has to be in the conversation. But I'm not. Okay. Who you got? I have, and I'm not going to talk about a large one. Yeah. Because once I again... Hakeem was more 90s too, I think. Yep. Hit his stride in the early 90s. Yeah. So he, was, he, he was, did, his, did his best work yeah. throughout the 90s. Yeah, he wrote to mention, but he's not He's not there. But um, a guy who just seemed to just play on and on and just kept on going was Moses Malone. Moses Malone. There, you, you got me there because that, that's my other one. So... His resume from the 80s, 1982 MVP, 83 MVP and finals MVP. So that's two MVPs and a finals MVP. 10-time mm-hmm. All-Star. He had one championship. And then all NBA selections, he had three first-team selections and four second-team selections. And he was also all-defensive first-team for one of those years also. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty solid resume it's a great resume isn't it i honestly doing this research i like i know who moses malone is yeah um even though we we're both born in the 80s but i didn't realize how dominant he was he, he really was and, and apparently he's one of the reasons that charles barkley is the player that he became because you know charles came out of college as the round mound of rebound yep. and moses malone was the one who basically kicked him in the butt and said 
you got to stop eating cheeseburgers, stop eating fried chicken, get yourself fit, or you're going to bounce out of this league. Like, yeah, Moses was a very dominant player in the 80s. And if you haven't heard the story about Charles Barkley coming into training and sitting on the exercise bike eating McDonald's without any warm-up and then going on the court and dominating the rest of his team, even though they thought he was going to vomit, it's the craziest story of a professional athlete you'll ever hear. Yeah, look, could you could you imagine that happening these days? Oh, not at all. Like, just someone just rocks into training. You know, like Jimmy Butler, where he you know, played third string for Minnesota and just dominated everyone. But prior to that, he's just sitting on an extra size bike, smashing some McNuggets. I think the closest I've seen is Embiid sitting courtside, getting his ankles taped and a rub down, and he's eating like a, a burger. Yeah, there's, there's a and that's few, like half an hour before he played. There's definitely a few stories these days about some players and some of their eating habits. Yeah, you know, even Ant Man, I think, is one of them, where they've basically you know the he veterans just eats junk food. Yeah, the veterans are coming into them and saying like, you know, you got to put down the In and Out Burger and you know get some broccoli in you. All right, so what's your rebuttal there? So I've got Moses Malone down as as my go to for this. Yeah, look, I think the only other person that comes close of that era, as you mentioned, is Kareem. Yeah, he was an M- NBA MVP. He was a finals MVP, a 10-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA first team, and a five-time champion. Like, his resume, just on paper, is better than Moses Malone's. But I'm going to have an argument here about Kareem because he wouldn't have been able to win those chips without Magic. I agree, 100%. Because it was the down downwards of his career. There was some of those careers where he got carried. 100% like, agree with you. I, I'm I'm more leaning towards Moses. Um, look, like, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on it because you're absolutely right. You'd look at the team that the Lakers had where it's Magic, it's Worthy. James Worthy, and it's Kareem. As you say, especially at the back end of the 80s, his career was it was going it down. It was done. He was, he was done, and he was just getting carried and getting those chips. Yeah, so... Um, but, yeah, and that's... That's my way of looking at it, is that he was coming to the end of his career. Yes, he does have uh, that MVP, finals MVP. Moses Malone has one extra MVP there. Um, they both have 10 all-star selections, so that that's one up to Moses. Um, you got the five chips. Moses only had one. But, but as, as we just said, how many of those were riding on the back of Magic? Well... Obviously, there's that one chip where he got finals MVP, which yeah. you might be like, all right, so that's his one. That that yep. cancels those out. Yep. But you've got to give Magic some and Worthy some sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh, they, they deserve a lot of credit in those that's championships towards credit. towards Kareem. Like they had you know, the Showtime Lakers. You see all the Netflix docos and all that sort of stuff about it. Like they were a fun, fun team to watch, but they were a good team. And Kareem was kind of like just the big dude that held down the middle. And Moses has more NBA selections. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I really don't. Like, you know, in the eighties, Moses averaged just a touch under twenty-five points and twelve and a, just under twelve and a half rebounds, which is huge for a center. Absolutely, but then you compare that to Kareem. You know, the the. Big difference is that Kareem averaged two blocks a game, which Moses didn't, but that's probably the fact that Kareem was perhaps a little bit more svelte and tall and long. Moses was more of a big body, a big bruiser. But Kareem averaged just over 20.6 points a game and under nine rebounds. He had a very good field goal percentage. 
um, but he wouldn't have had the range that Moses had either. Yeah. So in recap, we have at point guard consensus, Magic Johnson. Yes, no question. Shooting guard, Michael Jordan. Yes. Uh, small forward, Larry. Larry Bird. Larry Legend. Larry yes. Legend. Power forward, McHale. Kevin McHale. And coming in at center, Moses Malone. Agreed. All right. I'm not. I'm not arguing the Moses Malone. That's the tightest one, in my opinion. Um, again, here's a curveball for you. Yeah. What about a sixth man? Someone coming off the bench. That that someone that we might have mentioned that probably could 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 be up in this conversation. Look for me from that era. I'm putting Alex English as my sixth man. Alex English. I was more thinking maybe George Gervin or Dennis Johnson. Look, I think it depends what you're looking for. You, if you, if you, you got, got their that, resume, you look at their resume, or prob- you could even put Kareem on the bench. But I think if you're looking at resume, it's probably Dennis Johnson. Yeah, I'd still probably take him over Kareem. Yeah. Um, but again, if you wanted like scoring punch, then you, you could take any of Alex English, George Gervin, Julius Irving. You take any of those guys. I feel like you're thinking about this more literally rather than what. Oh no, I'm hun- I'm hundred percent taking it literally just at this second. But I think if we're going off the resumes, it's Kareem or Johnson. No, I agree. Um, is there any players that we didn't talk about in this podcast that uh, you think that we should have? Um, comment on our Instagram post at Buckets and Beards. Um, but I think that brings us to the end of another one of our timeout series. I think it does. And I think uh, we'll be looking at 90s soon enough. And that's where there'll be perhaps more players that some of our listeners are going to be more familiar with let's put it out on social media and um we'll get some suggestions of players that we should look at for positions for the 90s absolutely i think that's a good idea and the 80s was a it's it's a lot a really fun era to watch basketball too yes it was thanks for making it to the end of another one of our podcasts peace peace catch you guys on the flippity flip